Next one, uh, or the, the current episode you're listening to is when you should you be submitting a violence report, stroke near miss report on scope. Um, when it comes to that, I don't want to confuse everybody. If there's something that could have been a nasty injury, then uh, and it was averted, then it was a near miss. And then that violence form, you just tick the wee box that says near miss. So it, uh, there's that kind of popular misconception of not knowing what form it is you do. Um, but yeah, in the violence form, and you can tick the near miss box. So uh, a definition of what is a near miss. So different organisations have it differently, but the one used by Police Scotland and the SPA, which should be used, is an unplanned event or situation that could have resulted in an injury. Now I'm going to highlight that it could have resulted in an injury illness, damage or loss, but didn't do so due to chance, corrective action or a timely intervention. Now there's a wide range of scenarios that that could fit into on a daily basis for everybody, but an unplanned event that could have resulted in an injury, illness, damage or loss, but didn't do so due to chance, corrective action or timely intervention. So it follows this definition that any event or situation which results in an injury, an actual injury, illness, damage or loss, is not a near miss, and should be reported as an accident stroke incident on scope. So the reason why you get told the Federation want these put on, um, it, it, we do, we absolutely do, and I think the force, you know, in the back of particularly health and safety folk, want these put on because how do you fix something that we don't know is broken? Um, we raise crime reports, we have police assaults on them, etc. But nothing would get to the root cause of why that happened, or would there be something that could have happened? To prevent it from happening so the reason also there's another reason for that and it's to do with statistics and counting because i believe a lot of these things uh, are all based around scope in terms of what statistics are produced about violent incidents and near misses etc oh it's all obviously to do with scope and how does anybody ever know um if i'm not telling them about it and, and this is where it's We've got a moral obligation, not just to ourselves, but for everybody else and those that follow behind us, that we report these and all of that corrective action can be taken. Whether that be, you know, I have my own personal view about Taser and, you know, my own personal view is that we should all have it as an absolute minimum PPE on our bodies. And could that have assisted in the situation that meant that you didn't? get injured or weren't assaulted. Um, so examples of things that constitute what would be um, a near miss. See for the airway battery fails. Now the airway battery fails, some of the older radios they are they are failing because the batteries the life's not so good at them. They have replaced the battery several times over the years. But now I've got a caveat that you've got to charge it, you know. You can't just say, oh, my airwave battery failed and that's a near miss. Well, see if it was charged all night the night before at the full charge and it started and seven hours later in the middle of your shift it dies, then that's a near miss. So um, various other bits and pieces. If you're in a violent incident, your power didn't work, then that's a near miss. Uh, your batten strikes didn't work, it's a near miss because, you know, or, or it may not be a near miss, you may have been unfortunately assaulted or injured as a result of that. But we must do these things because how do we then affect any further change? Um, so, yeah, scopes are where we should be doing it. If you fall asleep uh, at the wheel of a car, whether you're at work or whether you're away to and from work, you should be doing that. Uh, or whether you notice your neighbour does it, then you should perhaps be doing it. Um, 
So another one that we're just working into summer, exposures to extremes of temperature or inclement weather. So for instance, you're out at a locus and it's freezing cold and we don't have the appropriate clothing for that weather. Um, that's one I thought we might have had resolved by now, but we don't. Um, that's, a, that's a highly appropriate. If you end up freezing cold, stand in the middle of the night at a locus at 2 in the morning uh, and it's minus 10 and you're, you know, we really don't have suitable equipment for that, but We've now got a, a hat, which I suppose is better than we were before, but uh, and snoods, etc. So, again, the flip side of that is if it's too hot in the office. Uh, so, if it's too hot in the office, it becomes unbearable and you can't work, then the company should be doing something about that, whether that be installing portable uh, fans or portable air conditioning systems, then so be it. And um, there is no exact definition of what constitutes extreme. So, that's on an individual basis that you need to judge yourself. Um, vehicle faults. Um, if your vehicle, you know, if you're on a blue light run, then all of a sudden the engine cuts out or something like that, then that's a near miss, um, provided you've not actually got yourself involved in an accident. Uh, uh, building defects, which, for instance, um, result in a near miss should always, that's the one that probably folk tend to gravitate to mostly. And I get that, but by the same token, we must also try and ensure that we're doing something about that, as in we get that fault fixed. So, Federation perspective about resources and OBLs, this is where we came to the big ones, uh, miss peace breaks and stuff. So, health and safety have adopted a position that specific deployment of resources is a matter for the chief and will not dictate OBL levels to management, which kind of makes sense. It's for us, the police service, to manage that number. So there's a number of occasions when a lack of resources can constitute a near miss. Inadequate numbers of officers to deal with specific incidents, i.e. deploying a civil unit to have a large-scale violent incident with no backup, is and would be constituted a near miss. Because if you've got 30 or 40 folk in the jail and you've only got two people going to it, then, you know. Um, deployment of non-special officers to incidents or tasks that should be dealt with by specialists i.e. divisional officers have been sent to incidents in the motorway um, due to lack of road policing resources. Now, obviously, that there's a difference here. The cars are slightly better than they used to be. We should be wearing the appropriate yellow jackets, etc. But, you know, we should be having these things in the car. Um, occasionally, this will happen, and we'll come across them, and we expect it to deal with them. But it should be that the, the traffic then come and take over from you for these types of things. Um, and the traffic should be the ones that go to that, otherwise it can be a near miss. If you're sent to something on the motorway, it could be a near miss. Um, as I go on through this, you know, there are plenty of examples, and probably this is one for STOs, um, and these are trained cops, should we be deploying tasers to incidents involving knives? And the answer to that, quite simply, is no. Um, I know we do, and it happens all the time. And we're trying to work on that, but yeah, there are a lot of incidents that perhaps should be dealt with by more specialist officers. And um, I'm not saying that STOs aren't specially trained, but uh, let's just say the taser, whilst I want it for everyone, is not foolproof, as taser trained cops will know. So, um. Officers not being able to take refreshment breaks because of a lack of resources, i.e. you're getting pummeled from call to call to call, that can constitute a near miss. There can be operational demands which prevent you from doing it, 
I have missed many a peace break. However, this shouldn't should be an exception to the rule, not the rule. So when officers who are hungry, tired, or dehydrated are at greater risk of being involved in an accident. So when an officer is prevented from receiving a full break in more than one well, sorry, more than once in a runner shift. So imagine you're four nights night shift, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, and you miss two piece breaks. That's a near miss, and you should be doing it. Now, I know that these things will be glossed over in terms of how they're read, but, and I, I say glossed over, everybody wants to do their best, but I, I think probably the, the reality of when I say glossing over is down to the fact of there's no other options. However, unless we keep recording these and keep showing just how bad the situation is, then there will never really ever be any effective change. So, should be an exception to the rule. So, any more than two. So, two or more in a run of shifts, and that is you. So, Police Scotland's obliged under the workforce agreement to make all or make sure that all efforts, all efforts that officers receive their peace breaks are entitled. So, we should they should be doing it. Um, and it's unacceptable for them not to even try to give you a break. Uh, again, operational orders. <laughs> operational orders. It's unacceptable that it could breach the working time regulations. Uh, if a shift plan or operational order is put in place which doesn't provide you to get a break um, within your shift. So we can't plan to not do it. We have to plan to 